This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out here to Sports Better's Paradise, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel as we continue our NFL divisional previews. And now we go with the AFC South. And how about this? We've got former Colt, Brandon Stokely, two-time uh, Super Bowl champion. Brandon, how are you? Doing great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, buddy. And we we, we double team with the Colts a little bit here because the Indianapolis native uh, Wes Reynolds from Veasan joins us today as well. Yeah, Brandon contributed a lot more to the Indianapolis Colts, of course, than I did. Uh, I was cheering him in the stands, though, but a lot of great memories. We were talking before we came on air. A lot of great memories of those years in Indianapolis. Let's start with the Colts as uh, twenty-five to one uh, to win the Super Bowl, twelve to one to win the AFC. They were a straight pick with the Titans as they have battled it out the last couple of years. Uh, Titans with the number one seed in the AFC uh, playoffs last year, won on the tiebreaker the year before to win the division. And uh, the, the Colts uh, getting, uh, getting the action here, minus 125 to win the division. Their win total is 10. Playoffs, yes, minus 182, no, plus 149. So the market believes that the Colts are going to get to the postseason in this thick AFC race. This is an unusual team. Brandon, I'll start with you. I mean, they won by double dish. They destroyed Buffalo at their place during the regular season. They won on a Sunday night at San Francisco by double digits. They won on Christmas night uh, at Arizona, a playoff team, by double digits. And then lose to Jacksonville with the playoffs on the uh, on the line. Um, we know about the rotating, uh, the quarterback rotating. It was Luck, then Brissett, then Rivers, Wentz. Now it will be Matt Ryan. But how hard is it for you to be uh, to figure out your old team, the Colts? Yeah, you know, last year was such a big disappointment. I mean, you had everything in front of you going to Jacksonville with the playoffs on the line, and you laid, laid a big goose egg. So what does it look like this year? Obviously, they, they moved on from Carson Wentz, made a play for Matt Ryan. What does Matt Ryan have left in the tank? I think that's a big question. I think he's got a little bit left. I think he's got enough for, uh, for this year for the Colts to take that big step forward. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor the do-it-all running back. Uh, and, and the guy I really like offensively that's getting a lot of buzz is the Alec Pierce uh, out of Cincinnati, the Bearcats, uh, a draft pick this year. So um, I think this team is built to um, you know take over this division uh, with that running game. Uh, but you know I think the big question overall is what does Matt Ryan have left in the tank? Obviously, the last couple of years in Atlanta, it was hard to gauge with that football team what he actually has left. So it's going to be an interesting um, team this year. 
But I think a lot just depends on on Matt Ryan, and um, you know, can he return to form, and can he return to his his previous form of a of a couple years ago? Wes, I'm watching him in preseason. I'm a little bit concerned about his mobility or lack thereof. And uh, you talk about Brandon mentioned Jonathan Taylor, and that's been that was sort of the real frustrating part about Wentz uh, in Rivers that because they had such a strong running game, and it's so much easier to play quarterback when you have that running game. And it just didn't get uh, get it done. Your thoughts? How do you think Ryan's going to fit into this Colts system? Yeah, and I actually did bet the Colts to win the division at even money. You're now seeing, as you mentioned, Jimmy minus a dollar twenty five, minus a dollar thirty. It's probably getting to that price where you don't want to necessarily chase a number, even though I still think they're the best team in the division. And I think what they want to do, obviously, what Frank Reich and Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, want to do, they want to throw the ball at least a little bit more. Because if you looked, I think their pass rate in terms of percentage of pass plays was the fifth lowest in the league. And we know that this league now more than ever is a passing league. So you don't want to exactly have a pitch count for Jonathan Taylor, but you don't want to run him as much. I think it was like week 11 to week 17 or the final few weeks of the season. His usage rate was just like off the charts where if you actually calculate it to what the rest of the season would be, he was being used so heavily, and I know he's 23 and he's got young legs. He's arguably the best running back in the NFL, but you don't want to overuse him. So what I think you're going to see with Ryan, the guy that I think in terms of a player that's going to be used more this year is Naeem Hines, who really, if you look last year, his average in terms of yards per carry and also yards per pass attempt went up, but his opportunities went down. He didn't get the football enough, so... You're going to see them use him a lot, I think, as a receiver out of the backfield. As Brandon mentioned, Alec Pierce is a guy that they're going to be counting on the second-round pick out of Cincinnati. Michael Pittman kind of steps into that role to be the top receiver, but a lot of it is just guys stepping up. So, you know, Paris Campbell's got to stay healthy. They really loved him when they drafted him a couple years ago out of Ohio State in the third round. He's kind of your deep threat and your speedy guy but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, The offensive line is still a top 10 line in the league, even though Big Q, Quentin Nelson, and Ryan Kelly had various injuries last year, but they stay healthy. I think Matt Ryan's still got some juice left. I mean, you know, the mobility is certainly a concern. He's 37 years old, but you don't want him running with the football and having to move around, so they're going to trust those guys up front. You know, I think that they're going to be a little bit more aggressive, but one of the things you have to see and we didn't see it. It's preseason, so you don't want to necessarily put too much stock into that. But in the Buffalo game, you notice that group didn't get a lot of separation. And I think that that is a little bit of a concern going forward. Maybe it's just that Buffalo has a really deep, good and deep secondary, and they can just cover the hell out of you. But I think, you know, just looking forward, all the pieces are in place. Injuries can obviously throw it all out of whack like it did last year, but... I got to think that the passing game is just going to be a little bit better. And I think it's the decision making. And I don't think necessarily Carson Wentz should be made the scapegoat because I think he was essentially, it was like, oh, it's all on him. It was not on him. It was a lot of different varying factors, but I do think Matt Ryan is a little bit more of a vocal leader. And I think these guys, from what I'm hearing, really respond to him and, you know, kind of understand, hey, this guy's not here to mess around. He, this is last shot at a winner, and he's going to try to make it count. Brandon, well, I, 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 
I didn't scream at my TV at a player more than I screamed at Doug Carson Wentz, so I'm not going to lie about that. And the thing is, I mean, his numbers were okay, but it was these game-altering, game-deciding, colossal mistakes. And, you know, um, talk about him and a little bit and sort of as a receiver in the passing game, you're changing your quarterbacks every year. No continuity from year to year uh, in the passing game. And how much was on Frank Reich? that he didn't run the ball. I've never seen fans bring uh, signs to the uh, to the game that said, run the damn ball. But that's what they had last year. Talk about Wentz and also the lack of continuity. And, you know, was Frank uh, Frank Reich a little bit uh, a culprit in uh, last year's uh, disappointing season? Yeah, I think with Carson Wentz, it's all about being consistent and not having those one or two plays throughout the course of a game that have you just scratching your head. Uh, you just can't have that. You can't have those bad turnovers. You can't have those bad decisions um, that come up late in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. You saw that way too much with Carson Wentz. Um, and I think when you look at changing quarterbacks year in and year out, it's hard to build off what you've done the year before um, and lay that foundation down and continue to build. When we had those really good offenses in Indy, obviously, you know, having Peyton Manning, uh, Marvin, and, and Reggie uh, helped out a lot. But uh, being that core together year after year and able to build upon what we did the previous year was huge for us. And so um, I think Matt Ryan coming on board, obviously with Frank Wright uh, there as the head coach and, and coordinator, uh, we'll see what it looks like. Um, but certainly, yeah, the head coach has got to take responsibility. The offensive play caller, Frank Wright last year, has to take uh, some responsibility when it comes to the quarterback play. The things that you dial up, uh, how you um, you know game plan, and, and when you look at your quarterback and some of the things that your quarterback might have to overcome because Carson Wentz and his decision-making um, seem to uh, make some bad decisions there late in football games, you have to help that quarterback out. And I don't, you know, it, it, he didn't do a good enough job of it last year. Um, Brandon, their win total is 10 in the 17-game schedule. They're matched up with the AFC West, which is loaded, the NFC East, which is mediocre at best. Do you think they'll get that win total? It's tough. 11 games in the NFL, it's tough. It's, it's a tough thing to do. But this team is built to uh, get to double-digit wins uh, with that running game. Uh, I think with Matt Ryan coming over, there's going to be a little bit more consistency there. And I think it's an underrated defense. So um, if I'm picking one here, uh, Jimmy, I'm going, I'm going over. I'm going over. So uh, Wes has already gotten on the over as well in uh, to win the division. Uh, I'm sorry, just to win the division, right, Wes? Not the yeah, over. Yeah, I think 10 is about right. And Brandon's <laughs> absolutely correct, even though, you know, Dozier's, he played in Indianapolis. It was like you just penciled in 13 wins. It's not the same anymore in the in the NFL. But I think the schedule is relatively manageable. I think 10 is about the right number. So I'd just assume bet him to win the division. All right, let's move on. The uh, last year's number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, uh, their win total is at nine exactly pick a minus 110 both ways at bet rivers to make or miss the playoffs 40 to one to win the super bowl 20 to one to win the afc plus 175 to win the division that started a lot closer to even money uh wes and um i mean aj brown uh, is gone so they bring in veteran robert woods they uh, draft the rookie out of uh, arkansas trailing burks he is very good, but as a rookie, how big of an impact can he make? Uh, they did draft uh, cornerbacks Caleb Farley and Roger McCreary, those cornerbacks. Is this Titans, is this 
these odds, is this lack of the market uh, confidence on the Titans strictly that they saw Tannehill play so bad in that divisional game at home that they're like, I'm done putting my money on Tannehill. Wes, this seems a little low for a really consistent team. Well, there's a few things at play here, I think, Jimmy. Number one, they did go 12-5 and and got the number one seed in the AFC last season. And I know late in the season we talked about what Football Outsiders does with the DVOA, and they had actually ranked Tennessee as the 20th best team in the league, profiled them as an eight-win team. They had the lowest DVOA of any number one or two seed in the history of the Football Outsiders database. And I think a lot of it with Tennessee – was that they somehow, some way, and Mike Fabrell certainly deserves credit for this, they went 6-1 and one in games decided by three points or less. And usually when you get that kind of fortune, it can only do one thing, and that's regress to the mean a little bit the following season. And then you just look at how the season ended. When you sack an opposing quarterback nine times, you should not lose a, a, a football game, regular season or playoffs. Nevertheless, they lose at home to Cincinnati. That was a franchise that had never won a road playoff game. I think they were 0-7 in their franchise's history, which is 54 years in existence. And I wonder if that loss is going to hang over a team, because sometimes that can do that. And now you have Tannehill, who three years ago was the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, led the NFL in passer rating took the franchise to the AFC title game for the first time in almost 20 years. And he's 30-13 and as a starter in Nashville. It's not like he's been bad for this franchise, but he had that bad game, that bad taste in his mouth. Now you've got a third-rounder, Malik Willis, who they want to see down there in Nashville if he can be the future, if he can be the next Steve McNair. And now he's looking over the shoulder. And also, you got to replace 66% of your receiving targets, not just losing A.J. Brown, but... Julio Jones is now in Tampa Bay. Burks is a first-rounder who has potential, but he's been, you know, a rookie, and and that's what rookies do. Rookies sometimes are very slow to come around. So, you know, how much can they rely on Derrick Henry? Because they're probably going to have to. You know, even though he he was leading the league in rushing when he got hurt in the game in Week 8 at Indianapolis. So you have to, you know, you're going to probably have to rely on him. And then what little I've seen in the preseason, and I don't want to – overemphasize the preseason this offensive line has got some issues they had a couple guys they had to let go because of cap casualties Saffold and Lamb Taylor Lewan is the left tackle at a down year first season back from a torn ACL so you just look at this Tennessee team and it just doesn't seem like they have a ton of momentum uh, Brandon is that what you see as well Vrabel the coach of the year last year but uh, six and one in those uh, tight games last year luck or a team knowing how to win and you know, Vrabel's been there for a while. Do, do they back up like uh, Wes is uh, maybe alluding to? You know, it's a team that just uh, doesn't do anything that re- that's really flashy. They just do the right. little things that win you football games. They're a well-coached team. They play good, solid defense. They run the football really well. And Tannehill seems to make a few plays every single game. Um, you talk about, Wes talked about that playoff game last year and, and you know, what a disaster ending to, to the season after such a great regular season and having that number one seed. Um, and then Tannehill throwing that late interception. How does this football team bounce back? I think they're, they're a well-coached football team. They really are. And they do the little things the right way. It's a team that I think I often just overlook because they don't do the, the they, you don't see the big explosive passes and all the things that are sexy in the NFL these days. So, um, you know, what does it look like this year? Obviously, a lot of changes. Like Wes said, well, that offensive line, 
you know that that's that's a big key here. You, you got those guys up front um, have got to stay healthy and got to protect Tannehill. You got to get that running game going. Um, so it's I, you know I got I'm with Wes. I, I like the Colts in the division and obviously um, the Titans here at at number two. Um, and you said that win totals at nine, Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's spot on. But once again, this is a team that every year seems to overachieve. They're just overachievers. Um, and and so if I'm going to pick one with the Titans, I'd probably I'd probably go I'd probably go over with the Titans. They do play uh, in, of course, because they won the uh, the division. They'll play uh, Green Bay, Cincinnati, and Dallas. Uh, outside of uh, the uh, tough AFC West, it's a it's a brutal schedule uh, for Tennessee. Now, the 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 uh, the thing uh, the positive part about the schedule is the bottom half of this division. Well, Urban Meyer that that uh, one year um, disaster is over. Thankfully for everybody involved, uh, year two for Trevor Lawrence. And I'll uh, I'll start with you, Brandon. And what do you think about this guy? I mean, you know, is he, do you, does he get a pass because he had all of that nonsense going on uh, with Urban Meyer. And he didn't have Travis Etienne uh, last year as well. Six and a half is their win total. You and I talked on the radio show last year. We identified uh, this one as an under last year. And that was that was an easy one uh, for sure. But Jacksonville, now with uh, Doug Peterson coming in, does have a Super Bowl ring with the Eagles. And, and I'm just curious about what you think about uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, poor Trevor Lawrence. I mean, what a disaster of a rookie year uh, because of his circumstances. It, it was hard to get a real good evaluation of him. And now everything has changed going into year two. Not ideal, obviously, at the quarterback position, um, trying to develop, trying to grow, trying to get better. Obviously, uh, you know, Jacksonville wasn't a good football team last year. Then you throw in all the other nonsense that they had going on. And just a disaster of a rookie year uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Not even his fault. Uh, so, uh, you know, not how you want to start a, a career off with your number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, and just uh, yeah, that's, that's why you got to hire the, the right people. Now they got a good coach. They, I mean, they, they got a coach there that uh, knows how to win, knows how to win in the NFL, Doug Peterson. So you're going to have some stability there for Trevor Lawrence. And but but this year is pretty much like his rookie year. Uh, you're starting all over. You're learning a new playbook. Um, so I mean, my my. If, if I'm looking at Jacksonville this year, you're saying six and a half. I'm going under again with Jacksonville. I'm going w- under. Wes, do you agree? It's uh, juice to the under at Bet Rivers at minus 129. Yeah, I think six and a half is a little optimistic, even though I do think that this team is going to be better. I mean, I think there's a sense of optimism down there. You do have Doug Peterson, who I think just not only winning the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, but – he brings a level of professionalism and I think, you know, is going to respect the players and they in turn are going to respect him. And you just didn't see that from the get go with Urban down there in Duval. And I think you look at what Jacksonville has done. They spent and they probably quote unquote overpaid. Uh, you know, you're going to do that in free agency, getting Christian Kirk at receiver, Brandon Sheriff, uh, Ola Kuhn, who was the uh, leading tackler in the NFL last year. So, They've been trying to focus on building that defense through the draft, and they really have nowhere to go but up. And, you know, they added Zay Jones, who was out here in Las Vegas playing for the Raiders, and they've invested in the offensive line. So I think that they're going to be better now. Can James Robinson 
find his form that he had as a rookie in 2020 when he had, you know, over 1,400 total yards and 10 touchdowns. And he obviously fell out of favor with Urban Meyer, and they want to use him. They want to use ATN, who's coming back with from that left foot surgery, see if they can recreate the music that he had, or the magic, rather, that he had with Trevor at Clemson. But one of the things you got to see out of Jacksonville is they got to rush the passer better. Uh, you know, we can apply that to the Colts, who we were talking about earlier. You got to be able to get to the opposing quarterback. And Jacksonville was near the bottom of the league. They had 32 sacks, but they drafted the kid out of Georgia. They drafted potential over production, though, because Hutchinson at Michigan certainly had more production. But I think, look, this this team, when you look at it, and just the organization in general, They've had 10 double-digit losing seasons in 11 years. That is hard to change the culture when you have that prolonged of a strike of losing. But I do think that this team is going to be more excited to play for a coach that obviously is more on the same page and jiving more with them. But six and a half, I thought, was a little bit a little bit optimistic. I could see you know, 5-12, and 6-11, and 11, but you're going to see an improved team. I think they're certainly going to be more competitive because there were games where they were just absolutely not competitive because of all the nonsense and the mess that was going on. You know, it's funny. I, I And I watched their two wins against Buffalo, which knocked me out of the survivor pool, and then uh, the last game that the Colts had locked them. Those were no fluke games, Brandon. I mean – they, they, they beat Buffalo soundly. I mean, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, he had to work for every yard they get. I, maybe was it a case where they just took him for granted? Uh, I don't know. But but it tells you maybe they have some. Remember when we talked on the radio last year? This win total was maybe six when we talked about it last year. Doesn't it seem like last year was just thrown away? And it's where Trevor Lawrence is starting as a rookie all over again. It's almost like an expansion franchise, kind of the same conversations we're having last, uh, you know, this time last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new start. Everything is new again. And so uh, at, at the quarterback position, you want everything to be slowed down there offensively and not be thinking a lot. Well, you know, and, and the only way to do that is by repetitions, by practice, by knowing the playbook inside and out. And it's, and it's hard to do that in four or five, six months um, and starting all over again for, for Trevor Lawrence. Not ideal for him. Uh, it's going to be an approved football team. They got talent. You look at uh, Evan Ingram also coming over uh, uh, from, from the Giants, uh, the right. first round pick out of uh, Ole Miss, I believe, for the Giants there. You know, can he really uh, uh, reach his potential? Uh, so th- there is talent there. Uh, but it's it's a team that you know, like Wes said. I mean, you got to learn to win. You know, what's the culture like? And sometimes that takes time. But you look at last year. I mean, Jimmy, you, you're, you're spot on when you talk about a couple of those wins that they had, beating the Colts when the Colts had everything on the line, and crushing two or three of my parlays when they beat the Bills. I'll never forget <laughs> that one either, Jimmy. I mean, it was just lights out. Just could not believe that Jacksonville was actually able to beat uh, Buffalo. But they were. So, you know, you give that team a lot of credit last year for, for still playing hard, given the circumstances. So it's a, it is it is a team, a young team with talent, but it's hard to win in the NFL. And sometimes it takes time. It, it was six and a half at one time. It got bet down, but we got it at six and a half last year. It's at six and a half again uh, in 2022 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now to the longest shot on the board, 300 to one to win the Super Bowl. That Well, you know, 25 to one to win the division. Four and a half is the win total. One thing that the Houston Texans uh, did right, they uh, they moved uh, Deshaun Watson out 
one of my favorite players, but uh, my goodness, uh, what uh, some horrible decisions and even worse uh, sound bites are trying to explain things along the way. Davis Mills, uh, Wes, would we think better of him if he was a first-round pick? I thought he had a solid year last year. Now, he was highly recruited out of Stanford, a little bit of a disappointment there, but and Brandon Cooks, well, you got to find somebody else to throw to as well. He had 74 more targets than any other receiver on this team last year. Rushing game dead last uh, in the NFL last year, number 32. The Houston Texans win totals at four and a half. Yeah, when you talk about a win total, I think that's spot on. I think Houston's either going to win four games or they're going to win five games. So that's why I didn't bet the win total. But uh, you look, Lovey Smith comes in, uh, promoted from the defensive coordinator role. Doesn't really have uh, exactly a, a highly talented roster here. This is still very much a rebuild. Uh, Davis Mills, I thought, did show at least a little bit of moxie later in the season. And you talk about him, if he was a first-round pick, we might look at him in a different light. His passer rating actually was second amongst that rookie crop last year, only behind Mac Jones. So that means he had a better passer rating than four first-rounders, you know, the Trevor Lawrences and the Justin Fieldses. Now, I don't think he has that high of a ceiling, but... You know, Davis Mills is going to have one year to prove that he could either be the starter in the future in Houston or perhaps even get a shot somewhere else because we know Houston, we don't expect them to win a bunch of games, so they might be in the mix for Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud there at the top of the draft. Uh, one of the things they got to do is they got to run the ball better. They were dead last in the league. I think they had 84 yards a game, so... They do bring in Pep Hamilton, who uh, spent some time, obviously, at Stanford and with the Indianapolis Colts, a couple other teams. And we know what Pep likes to do. Pep likes to run those double tight ends like he did with Andrew Luck, both at Stanford and at Indianapolis. So you got to think they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Marlon Mack, actually, a former Colt, who, you know, had that injury, had that Achilles injury, and then just wasn't able to get his job back when Jonathan Taylor came in and let the world on fire. So Marlon Mack gets a chance to be a featured back, albeit on a, on a down and a bad team. So you would expect they're going to be able to at least run the ball a little bit better. They don't have a ton of talent necessarily at receiver. They don't really have a ton of talent anywhere. But one of the things that Watson trade did is obviously that is going to help them. You know, they get an additional first round pick in each of the next two drafts. But this is still a rebuilding effort. Uh, one of the things with Houston, though, they will play hard for Lovey Smith. I think that they're going to give you an honest effort at least every single week. So there will be a couple times where they're totally overmatched when you look at the schedule that they're going to be able to hang in games. You saw it last year when they upset the Chargers late in the season. It's like they had no business competing in that game with the Chargers, and yet they did. So there's going to be like one or two games where they're completely outmanned. Maybe it's like against Kansas City or something where you think they should get run off the field and they're going to compete. So they're going to be big underdogs. But I think that they're going to keep playing. They're not going to get discouraged. I don't think they're going to mail it in when all of a sudden, you know, it's week 15 and you've only got three or four wins, if that. So they're going to keep playing hard. But they, this team, they're, they're, they're a few years away. This is a several-year process. Brandon, veteran coach, trying to handle a really rough situation down in Houston, Levy Smith. Yeah, I think they got their guy. You know, that's a coach that can do it. Obviously brought the Bears, had a great run in Chicago, brought the Bears to the Super Bowl. Um, so 
If you're looking for a coach to provide some stability uh, through everything that they've been through the last uh, you know few years, it's been a disaster there. Uh, Lovey Smith's a guy, and and Wes is right. Look, they're going to play hard for Lovey Smith. And is it a talented team? You know, no, not a very talented football team. But um, they're going to do the little things the right way, and they're going to be a well-coached football team. That's what I'm expecting to see. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, Wes just gave me more nightmares there, Jimmy, talking about when when Houston upset the Chargers, another parlay killer there for me. Um, <laughs> but they did. You know, I mean, how does that happen? Uh, but a team, again, that had nothing to play for that goes out there and, and has a big upset late in the season there against the Chargers. So I think they're going to uh, surprise some people with, with some of their wins uh, this year. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at four and a half, I mean – like it's probably right there, but I, I would just go over. I mean, Davis Mills surprised me last year. I didn't think he was going to play as well as he did. He didn't light the world on fire, but at the same time, uh, it was it, he was better than I thought he would be. And now he's going into year two. I'm expecting to make uh, progress there. And the other guy that they're really liking, you know, Wes was talking about Marlon Mack from Indy, but the Damian Pierce out of uh, Florida, the draft pick this year, is getting a lot of buzz down there. Had some nice preseason games, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can provide that running game that you need. Young quarterbacks need uh, a running game, and, uh, you know, we'll see who it's going to be there in the backfield. But Brandon Cooks, I mean, the guy's been traded 30 times, I think, uh, and all he does is continue to show up and make plays. I mean, what a year he had last year. So it's going to be interesting to see. But if I'm looking at this team, man, I'm going to take the over. They burned me last year. I'll take the over four and a half wins. All right. A little confidence uh, in the Houston Texans. Uh, Either of you uh, got an opinion on the rushing title. Jonathan Taylor is the uh, favorite at plus four to one. Uh, Derrick Henry is right behind him at plus 450 uh, to win the rushing title. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably take a pass on both guys just because they're priced and they're rightfully priced as the favorite. But I know that Frank Reich has kind of come out and said, yeah, we don't want to use Jonathan Taylor as much as we did, you know, the previous season. Now, look, he's still going to be high usage. He's 23 years old. He's in his prime. He's arguably, I mean, him and Henry are right there, kind of one, two. But... That kind of means everybody knows that. So you might want to look a little bit down the board. I think Taylor is going to be at least helped in terms of his usage rate because I do think Indianapolis is going to use Hines a lot more in the passing game. You know, Matt Ryan, when when it's not there, Matt Ryan's 37 years old. He's not going to sit back there and take hits. So that ball is coming out immediately. And you're going to see Naeem Hines kind of be that safety valve where it's like, hey, you're going to get four and five-yard gains. You know, I'm going to get you the ball make a man miss, break a tackle, you know, to get something out of nothing. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on Taylor for the rushing title. And then Henry, can he come back from that from that injury? And, look, he's been, you know, just stockpiling yards over the last couple of years. And then I think he was the leading rusher through eight games last year, had well over 900 yards. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back in the playoff game. So, I think that that's a little bit hard, so I'm going to pass on those two guys. Yeah, Dalvin Cook at ten to one, and Nick Chubb at eleven to one uh, to uh, win the rushing title. Uh, Brandon, how important is that to kind of share the load for uh, Jonathan Taylor this year? Well, I think it's big for every running back. It's hard, you know, it's a 17 game season, and it's hard to be that bell cow back these days. Um, it's just it's it's hard to stay healthy. And if you're if you got one of those dudes uh, like like those guys you're talking about. You want him to play 17 games. I mean, you saw Derrick Henry get hurt last year. It's a hard thing to do to, um, you know, be healthy for a full season at the running back position. So as a coach, you try to spread the carries out. 
But I look at the situation. Yeah, Frank Wright says one thing, but you know, can you actually follow through with it? Right. You know, when you turn around and you hand it to Jonathan Taylor, the next thing you know, it's bam, eighty-yard touchdown, uh, and he has that game-breaking ability. At, 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 with any carry, it's hard to ignore it. It's hard to take him out of the game, and so that's going to be what's interesting uh, for me, especially when you got a guy with the lack of mobility that needs a running game around him. And and if you provide a running game around him, you're going to see the best in the passing game in Matt Ryan. It's going to be hard to take Jonathan Taylor out of the lineup. He says he wants to share some carries and maybe you know uh, not use them as much as he did last year. But it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. If I'm going, I'm going Jonathan Taylor just because I think Frank Wright can't help himself, and he's going to use Jonathan Taylor a lot. All right, uh, both of you have the Colts to win the division and uh, lay in the um, – oh, what do we have in the division? Minus 125, uh, just a slight juice there. Brandon, you have uh, over in the Texans, over four and a half with the veteran Lovey Smith. Wes, you ready to pull the trigger on the uh, Titans under nine? Uh, I'd like it better nine and a half <laughs> if you can find that out there in the market because you're probably going to have to pay heavy big. So you might have some alternate win totals. Like at under nine and a half, I'm guessing that big right now would be like 160 or somewhere around there. That would be where I would go. I think nine's right on the money. I did uh, play a little Jacksonville under six and a okay. half minus a dollar thirty. Houston, I'm going to pass because it's almost like a coin flip. They're either going to win four games or they're going to win five games. I don't see less. I don't see more necessary. All right, so Wes is under Jacksonville uh, six and a half as well. Great stuff, guys. We appreciate it. For Brandon Stokely and Wes Reynolds, I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Betters Paradise. Our AFC South Divisional Preview, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.